Welcome to Tag Up with LT. If you've landed here today, it is by no mistake. I take on a different approach to mentoring, and I'm obsessed with the topics of business, life enhancements, health, wellness to help navigate the messy and the magical of this thing called life. My mission is to be your personal curator of connection by serving you with inspiration, education, and having some fun along the way. I'm your host, LT. My podcast guest today is Dr. Priscilla Archangel, who has a PhD in human and organizational systems. And today's topic is all about leadership. We dive into the importance of understanding the difference between career versus calling. If you still don't know what you want to be when you grow up, that's okay. Priscilla gives us some simple exercises to help get us aligned. Priscilla talks about her triumphs, the risks she's taken, career derailers, and shares advice on trusting the process on no matter what stage you might be in your career. One thing I know about Priscilla is that she talks the talk and walks the walk and is an incredible leader. She even helps complete strangers, like myself, get us back on our feet, which you'll hear in the episode as well. In honor of her latest book, Leader Vantage, Seven Essential Steps to Peak Leadership, I like to call this episode Leader Vantage Vibes. Enjoy. Thank you for coming on my podcast, Priscilla. How are you? Oh, wonderful, Laura. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm happy to be here. Yes, I'm super excited. I was trying to think back of when I first met you. And I think I remember seeing you speak at various different in forum Michigan events, which is a nonprofit organization. But even prior to that, I saw you speak at a junior league of Birmingham um, meeting. Wow, Um, you have a really good memory. So I remember you came and you spoke at our monthly meeting and I was just very impressed with you. I was like, I got to have her on my podcast because I know you study leadership. And today's topic we're going to talk about is leadership. And I know you're super passionate about it. I'm passionate about it too. So I'm hoping that you and I are going to have an awesome conversation that people can get some really good content from it. But you've been in the business for for many years and you've done various human resource operational roles. And basically at this point, I'm assuming that you have probably seen the good, the bad, and the ugly. Do you agree with that? I have. (laughs) I, I like to frame it of I've seen and I know more than I can even remember. I, I hopefully have forgotten some of it, you know, because, and it's just a, a microcosm of life, really. Right. You know, we're all humans. It's It's been an interesting career after like 38 years. Yes. Wow. Yeah. Hopefully you don't have any like post-traumatic stress of any sorts <laughs> from I'm what you've probably encountered. Wow. Yes. But what is, I know you, you've studied this and researched and tons of research on it, but what is your definition of leadership? And that's really a good basic question. Yeah. Set the baseline for the subscribers. Yeah. But it's important to me. And, and I love this definition and I'll credit my friend, John Maxwell. Leadership is influence. Leadership isn't, I'm going to tell you what to do and you have to do it. All right. That uh, me trying to make you do something and you maybe deciding if you want to obey. But leadership is when I can influence and persuade people to do something, to follow a vision, 
to follow uh, a goal, to reach an objective. And it occurs when people make that decision that I'm going to follow your lead or someone decides to follow my lead, not because I'm forcing them to, but because I'm able to successfully influence them. That's good. That's a great definition. In your opinion, do you think leadership is something that someone's born with, or do you think it is learned over you know, years of your collective experiences, and, and just in your opinion? And, and I will say it is a combination. Um, there are some things that are part of our nature, yes, that we're born with, some things that, we are, that are nurtured into us that we gather along the way after we're born. So I think all of us are born with uh, you know, our, our own personality, our own style. If any of us have kids or have been around kids and we start, you know, as they become a couple years old, even we start to see their personality come forward. And uh, it's kind of the unique part of who they are. And so we all have that. And as a result, some people are better leaders than others, or naturally, I'll say, better leaders than others. Mm-hmm. They're just certain things that come natural. Other people have to work and learn leadership capabilities and leadership traits. And some of those traits are easier to learn. Some of them are more difficult to learn. But I will say leadership, can, good leadership can be learned, but it is also a mix of what you learn and what you are born with and how you put that together and how you utilize your experiences in life. And, and, and so I, I believe that really that all comes together to make good leaders. One way of looking at it too is, and, and I'll say as you, as you think about your career and as you grow up in your career, you have a level of technical competence. Sure. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm a HR expert, you know, you're a process improvement expert, you have engineers, you have, you know, physicians, you have whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm. But you, you, you gain expertise in your area of work, but you also have to gain emotional intelligence. Your professional expertise will only take you so far. Mm -hmm. You have to leverage emotional intelligence to move forward and really be able to lead others, okay? Mm -hmm. And so that is all about um, your ability to self-reflect and to manage your own emotions, the ability uh, for social management where you can observe the areas around you and identify what's going on in terms of others' emotions, and then how you're able to manage with others and deal with their emotions, okay? Mm-hmm. So emotional intelligence is huge in the capability of a leader. I'm reading a really interesting book by Doris Kearns Godwin, who is a presidential historian. And she wrote a book, Leadership in Turbulent Times. And she profiles four presidents, Abraham Lincoln, Teddy Roosevelt, Franklin Roosevelt, and Lyndon Johnson. And she's done this in-depth study of their early years, trauma, some sort of trauma they experienced in their middle years, and then their presidential leadership. Hmm. And one of the things she talks about, yeah, oh, it's fascinating. And so part of it is how the, how, you know, so to your point of nature and nurture and, you know, are you born with it or can you learn it? So it's kind of like, what were they born with? And I, and I, I will truthfully say I'm only on the Abraham Lincoln part of it, but how he was born literally with the ability to tell stories and to make people laugh and therefore engage people and help people to like him and want to follow him. And then the troubles and the challenges he experienced in his middle years and how that then served to propel him to the presidency. 
And so it's, it's fascinating. And part of it, what you see is his emotional intelligence for how he communicates with a crowd. And so all of us, if we are to be effective leaders, right now, set aside what we're leading them to and what we're leading them for, good, bad, or indifferent, but just in terms of leadership skills, that emotional intelligence is huge. I agree. I mean, I was fortunate to have the opportunity to take some education with the Inforum of Michigan, go figure, mm-hmm. um, the executive mm-hmm. leadership course. Yes. And it is the whole entire course is on emotional intelligence. And I'm not yeah. going to lie, Priscilla, it was pretty much a game changer for me. Sure. You know, I know it's a more newer concept from like what the 70s by Dale. Daniel Coleman, I believe, is the one who came up with this. Yeah, Daniel Coleman. Which was fantastic. You know, not only did it serve me professionally, but it served me personally, too. It was, it was very transferable for me. And it's honestly still something I work on today. At a working level, manager level, I mean, it, it was just so eye-opening in a lot of ways. Yeah. You know, a lot of humility, too. Like, wow, man, I really do that. I need to change that, right? So. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like, we never stop learning and no. we never stop growing. So, you know, we might, I might learn how to finally manage conflict better, but then I've got to work on my organizational agility or sure. something. So we're always growing and you can be a leader wherever you are. You know, yep. you can be a receptionist and still be a leader in the office that you work in because you are able to influence. I still even go back to some of those notes even now, you know. I know for me, sometimes my tone and delivery, because I'm so passionate about something, comes off very aggressive to some people. And there's times where I need to like regulate that and try a different yes. approach to be more effective. You know, that's something mm-hmm. I I still struggle with. But I'm, I'm getting better as I get more mature and more wiser. Well, but, but you talk about your tone. We all have that something because mm-hmm. that's what we're born with. There are things we have to modify as we grow in our leadership. Exactly. Uh, so I'm working on those. So how did you find your your passion of leadership? Is it, is, is it something that always came to you or did it really kind of develop with your collective experiences over the years that you've been, you know, in your career? So I'll tell you a couple of stories that will put together will kind of answer that. Someone asked the question once. What were you doing as a teenager? Because mm-hmm. someone did some studies and frequently what we were doing as a teenager is something that we were good at that would show us what we would be doing in the future. Now, I don't know about you, but when I was a teenager, I had no clue of what I was doing or whether it was important or anything. No, okay? no not at all. But, Same. <laughs> no, but on reflection, there were four things. One was I, I sat down over a period of months and I read through a book in the Bible, 1 Corinthians. And from there, I wrote down bit by bit what it meant to me. Now, nobody asked me to rewrite that. (laughs) I never shared it with anyone. Actually, you did share it in your book. I read that. You're right. You're right. I did. I wrote it in in my book, you know, but it's just what I, I started writing. What does this mean to me? And so it was like a mental processing. The second thing was I was, uh, when I was 17, I was in the Miss Junior Miss Michigan pageant. You know, so it was high school seniors and, you know, we representing different cities across the state came together for a pageant. And for my talent, since I didn't sing, dance or play an instrument well enough, I did a dramatic reading. Love it. And just being on the stage in front of an, an audience just did something for me. Another thing I did was I worked all through high school at a small company, but I 
I learned organizational skills and process. And the fourth thing was, I thought I wanted to be a therapist. When I went to college, my first, my major was psychology. I thought I wanted to be a therapist until I found out I did not have the gift uh, to help people who really needed deep therapy. And so I pivoted into HR. But those things carry me forward today. I'm not a therapist, but I'm a coach. I am a speaker. I'm a writer. I love organizational processes and I help my clients and my consulting work make sense of their vision, their mission, uh, their goals, their priorities, and how they implement them in the organization. And then along the way in my career, my passion also, I, I found I was always watching leaders. I was always observing them. What works? What doesn't work? You know, what what's happening well? What's not happening well? And I realized I just loved that whole topic of leadership. So I went back from, when I went back for my PhD, that's what my focus was. And that's where my dissertation was around leadership and leadership vision. I think it's important for people to pay attention to where they feel drawn to what interests them. And it's not even that we always understand why at the time, but just keep doing it and it will begin to make sense and come together in due time. Yeah, I agree with you. It's like all these experiences, you might not know why you're there for that time period, but you are learning something and it's getting to where you need to get, wherever that might be, wherever you are on your journey. You basically coach and mentor a lot of individuals. And what kind of themes do you see? So I don't know, are you coaching and mentoring a Gen Z all the way to a boomer? Or, you know, when we think of the generations, are there common themes of what approaches that you help coach and mentor them? Or are they, are they very different given the different generations, in your opinion? So my typical coachee is, I'll say, probably 40 and over. 40 and over. Okay. Yeah. But but there are a couple of trends that I see. And one is in women, and, and even, even though typically they're 40 and over, I've done women even like 35 to 40. What I see among women, and I'm not saying that men don't experience this, it's just that my observation with women in this. And we don't need to name any names, Priscilla. No, no, absolutely <laughs> not. Absolutely not. But I find that they tend to go through a period where they become reflective about their career in the context of, is this really what I want to do? Am I really happy? Is it really what I expected out of my career? And that causes some of them to pivot, to go in a different direction, to do something new. I have um, one friend, in fact, who was a nurse and went back to school and became a nurse anesthetist. Sometimes women change companies. Uh, sometimes they pull a thread of something they've been doing in the past, but haven't spent a lot of time on it and make that their new career. And quite frankly, it, it, it could happen even between 35 and 50. And even for me at 52, when I technically retired, I say technically from my corporate job, it really was a pivot into being a, an entrepreneur and being able to do this with just a number of different companies because of what I learned, what I knew. And also, I realized that I had been preparing for quite a while to do it. I just, it was hard for me to acknowledge it because I'm not used to, there's no entrepreneurial learning in my past to know how to, you know, to do it. Sure. But what I knew was I wanted to be able to reach out to a variety of people in a variety of industries and provide leadership capabilities to them and basically develop successful leaders. That's awesome. Mary Ruth Organics is my go-to supplement I use every single day. I'm obsessed with this brand. 
They have so many products to choose from for so many different age groups. And they're highly sourced ingredients. They're plant-based. They're vegan. They're non-GMO. And they're just fantastic. I personally use the liquid probiotic to manage my gut health. If you know, you know. And I also use the morning multivitamin raspberry flavor, which is delicious. So I use these two in tandem to really ensure that I'm getting all of my vitamins and minerals for the day. If you go to my website, tagupwithlt.com, click on my quick links. There you'll find my affiliate link to get 15% off your first order. So let's talk about your book. You just finished your book, The Leader Vantage, Seven Essential Steps to Peak Leadership. And I actually have a copy here. Yes, we do. And, you know, I'm going to have to get mine signed at some point by you. Absolutely. But I have all my like little earmarks. And full disclosure, I'm about halfway done. So I haven't read it completely. That's okay. You know, what are the seven steps and and how did you come up with this concept? Here is where just start doing something you feel called to do and and it will come together for you. All right. Mm -hmm. So this is really my second book. My first, The Call to Faith-Centered Leadership, Transformational Lessons for Leaders in Challenging Times. And so that is a series of lessons I wrote on, from a faith-based approach on leadership. And I'll say that's where I learned how to write because mm-hmm. that was my first writing experiences. And I, I found my sweet spot is 800 to 1,000 words, brief lessons people can read, just one a day. And then I really want to challenge you to think about it and think about how it applies to you, what you're learning from it, okay? This is not read a book and you know sit down for an hour or read a book. This is just take five minutes Mm -hmm. in the morning and read it and then spend the day thinking about what you've learned and how you apply it. And so what I do typically is I gain inspiration just from any number of things going on around me on leadership topics. And it's inspiration and insights that I believe will help others. And so this book, The Seven Essential Steps, um, I wrote over a period of probably six years and I just kept writing oh, wow. leadership insights. And then after a while, it's like, okay, I think I have my second book here. <laughs> and as I looked over the many things that I'd written, I realized that there was a pattern of seven steps that everything was categorized into. So there's leadership purpose, leadership values, leadership traits, leadership behaviors, uh, leadership tools and leadership perspectives. And again, they are, uh, you know, three or four pages per chapter. So it's an easy read, but I hope it's a thoughtful read for everyone that will make them uh, really consider how they are showing up as leaders. And the first thing that the reason why I put leadership purpose first is because I believe it all begins with purpose. Mm-hmm. Everything. Like, why are we here? What are we supposed to be doing? Right. And I'm not even saying that we all totally understand our purpose, but uh, there's a saying, there's two important days in life. The day we're born and the day we understand why. The day we understand why is when we understand. What I love about it so far is, you know, you really incorporate real stories that are that are tangible. Okay, yeah, I might not be a C-suite executive, but yet you still make them relatable and real stories that you can, oh yeah, okay, I remember something like that happened to so-and-so or, you know, yeah, a little bit of that I went through. But you also offer up thought-provoking questions to really self-reflect, kind of see, you know, check your pulse, see whether or not you're, you know, on track or not. But what I like about it is that it's almost like a like a business coach at your fingertips. 
again, this is Laura's book review so far, mm-hmm. but um, it's almost like a little mentorship or a little push to make you think outside of your focus, whatever you might be doing. So um, yeah, I, I really enjoy it. And I, I, you know, obviously you can reference back to it just like what you said. So it's great. I love it so far. A couple of the areas that I thought were interesting is I know you kind of recently, or you said this earlier, but you talked about your career versus your calling. And you give these like really specific examples of entertainment individuals or, you know, Bill and Melinda Gates um, and how they created these foundations. So these, these individuals start their careers in whatever form they might be, but then they kind of pivot into their calling. Even for me, I sometimes still struggle with what is my calling? Everyone, like you said, has their unique skill sets. And, and how do you use those to, to lead a group or really find your calling? And But I know I'm making steps to try things out to see, for example, starting a podcast and I'm having a lot of fun and I created this space to... If I can make, make a comment sure. on that, when I started writing... I had no idea what I was doing either, okay? Does anybody? But it came together, okay? Yeah. After, a while, after a while, it's like, I'm, I'm, really, I wasn't even thinking about I was writing, but then I realized I was writing. And it evolved, and, and let's say I got better at it and better at it. So the fact that you are taking steps with your podcast, and a podcast is a, is a tool. It, it is not it, but it is a tool that you can use to convey your calling. You're getting closer. And I believe that our career provides the foundation for our calling. So I had a 30-year career in corporate America, but my calling is developing successful leaders. I started growing it there, but now I am really kind of fully into it. Yeah. I should, I should probably hire you. We should make, I should make an appointment. (laughs) So I guess if there's somebody struggling with their career, you get a paycheck, you're worried about the title, you know, all the, the, I would say materialistic thing, not really what's in your soul, what's serving you, what are you serving others? What do you recommend with somebody that might be struggling? Just maybe a couple, one, two tips, tricks that you can provide to the audience that might help them along. So part of it is knowing the difference between a career and a calling. So like in a career, you have skills and training to perform the work, but in your calling, you're gifted to perform the work. So think about where, where, where are you naturally gifted? What do people say to you when you do it? Oh, you did that so great. That was just wonderful. You're so good at it. You may not even think you're that good, but if you start getting a lot of positive feedback on how people think you're doing some, pay attention because that could be a natural gifting for you. Think about, you know, in your career, your assignments are, you know, progressively and increasingly expanding your responsibility. But in your calling, your assignments are all around a specific goal. It's all around one particular theme. There's also a perspective on fear. So with your career, you fear losing it as a source of accomplishment. Because we have this identity, I am a fill in the blank, okay? You know, I am my title or whatever. But with your calling, you fear not fulfilling it. What do you most fear? And sometimes you have to dig down deep. What do you most feel, fear that you won't fulfill? It's almost like, I know when I'm successful when blank. And it's different for everyone. That's right. Communication. You know, when I worked for the corporation, I had to speak with the company voice. Of course. Now I speak with my voice. Speaking of which, like, what are you most proud of in your career to date? You've probably just experienced so much, but what makes you most proud? The people that I have helped, seriously. Mm -hmm. Um, So I will have people come back and say, 
I had this conversation with you back when, <laughs> and you said such and such, and it was just, it was just profound and it changed me. And I'm like, really? I did? What did I say? What? You know, because you're you like, know, what? Just, when? Who? Yeah, we don't remember all the conversations that we had. Totally. But what I do remember is when I'm working with someone, when I'm coaching them, and it could be formal coaching or it could be informal or mentoring even. Okay? I do know in the moment when I'm getting, I'll call it a download, an insight on something I need to say to them or challenge them with or questions that I'm asking them that they need to really dig in and figure out. Okay. So I, I know it in the moment, but then, you know, you move on and, and you just don't think of it anymore. Yeah. But, but I'm most proud when they come back and tell me how that has helped them. That just floats my boat. Speaking of which, um, I don't think I formally thanked you. So back in 2018, I, my position was eliminated from an organization and mm-hmm. I, instead of taking something internally, which was very grateful that people saw value in me, but you know, instead of doing like a lateral move for myself, I decided to really pivot and transfer completely out of the organization and start fresh. Okay. And it was okay. the scariest, fearful, anxiety driven risk I have ever taken in my life. And I had no job lined up, no nothing. And I thought of you, literally thought of you. And I went back to, you still send these out, but they're newsletters you send out monthly. And I went back and I found your freaking email. And I was like, I am going to email this woman. She does not even know who I am, but I'm going to do it. And I emailed you and I kind of told you my situation. And you're like, okay, can you talk this day? Let's talk. And I'm like, okay. So we talked and you just uh-huh. calmed me down. We got to get you organized. You're going to come to these networking events that I host. And just were an incredible force that I needed at that point in time to tell me that everything was going to be fine. I had a ton of experience and I was going to find my next opportunity and that I should enjoy the downtime prior to getting your next role, you know, but you can't help but stress about life finances, paying your mortgage. I mean, real adulting stuff, but I just want to thank you for completely reaching out to a stranger. You didn't know who I was that right there. That's worth it all. But the best thing about it is like, you know, I respect you in a lot of ways as a leader, but like you walk the walk, but you talk the talk. An old colleague of mine said to me one time, and it still resonates with me today. She said, you are going to have good leaders, you're going to have bad leaders, and you can learn from both. Yeah. You're totally right. So yeah. I just want to thank you for that. I'm so happy that you told me that. That makes everything wonderful. Yeah. What are some of the biggest risks? So that was one of my major risks, but yeah. what is some of the biggest risks that, or one of the biggest risks that you have taken in your life? Doing what I'm doing now. Probably I could talk with you and understand where you were coming from because I've been there. I had to decide, you know, at the, at the point I retired, it was it was time to move on from there. But the easy thing for me would have been to go to another company sure. and look for a CHRO role or, you know, or role reporting to the chief human resources officer. That would have been the easy thing. That's what my resume reeked of. But there was this little scary thing in my mind of, you know, start your own business and be a consultant and a coach like you've been really like you've been planning for the past almost 15 years, except, you know, I said, well, I'll do that later, 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 later. But it was, it became, no, do it now. This is the time to do it. 
And so that it was scary to make the decision that I wasn't going to pursue corporate life, that I was going to pursue because on, on one hand, I knew how to do the work, but I didn't know about business development and, you know, just some of the ancillary things. I knew how to do the work inside the organization, but not totally from the outside. So that was the biggest scary thing. Yeah. But now I would never do anything different. I would never go back. I love it. I love the different types of industries and organizations I get to work in. And so just the myriad of things that I'm able to learn and the organizations and the situations and the different people I'm able to interact with and help. I absolutely love it. And then I'm able to speak with my voice. And it's not that the company voice wasn't right. It's just me being able to communicate my learnings and my insights to others in a way that challenges them to grow too. That's kind of one of the most rewarding things for me, right? That's awesome. Well, yeah, because now you're you're speaking on your authentic self. Yeah, that's it. I'm, it's my authentic self. Exactly. That's you know, and sometimes when you're in these corporate environments, the politics, the bureaucracy of everything, it, it's mm-hmm. very difficult to navigate. And I still struggle with navigating that. Have you had any major like career derailers over the years? Sure. I think we all do. <laughs> yeah. uh, where, you know, I'm aiming up and instead it goes sideways and sometimes it might even go backward. Probably one memorable one was when I, you know, had to go into a role that I didn't want or anticipate. I've been and, there. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in the eyes of the organization it could look like I took a step back. I was not at all excited about that, to put it mildly. But one of the things that I had to decide along the way was, and this was, you know, some months after I got in it, I, I, I told myself, Priscilla, you have to make a choice. Yep. If you're going to then slap yourself, you know, buck up and be the best leader you can for your team because that's what they deserve. And if not, then leave. But, you know, and, and there are there are various things that, you know, we have to look at in terms of do I stay, do I leave? And at that time, it was the right thing to stay for the time being. But I had to really kind of get my mind in order and say, lift your head, put a smile on, Lead your team in the best way that you can and go forward. And then when the time does come to leave, you will leave. But if that time is not now, then give it all you got, no matter where you are. And so I have to make that conscious decision. And you and I both have seen you know, enough people around organizations who they act like they don't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Sure. And, you know, it becomes kind of a downer for others. So yeah. make up your mind. If you if you don't want to be here, then leave. But if for whatever reason you do need to be here, then find a way to do it well. I agree. So what advice would you tell your younger self looking back? Oh, the biggest thing I would say is <laughs> think about the situations that we all stressed out about when we were younger. You know, oh, how's this going to turn out? What's going to happen? And it would simply be, it's going to work out. I am, I'm a person of faith. And so I put my trust in God and I can't tell you how many times I've prayed about this, that, or the other situation. And it doesn't always happen when I want it or the way I want it, but it all works out. And so it's trust the process. Don't stress out unnecessarily and take it a day at a time, step by step. It's perfect. It's almost like surrendering to it all, which is very difficult to do if you are a OCD control person. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I want to plan and, you know, I want to make things happen. And we can do that to a point. Sure. We can only do it to a point. And then, you know, we have to trust the process. So it's like, make sure I am where I'm supposed to be at any given time. Make sure I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And then for me, I have to trust God to work everything out. 
And he has for me. That's awesome. Do you have any approaches or recommendations for a Gen Z or millennial getting into the corporate life after a pandemic? Any tips or tricks for them? Number one, corporate life is very different now. Um, I will say from even 20 to 40 years ago, it is much more oriented now around the individual need. And that's a plus. But I, I would encourage millennials and Gen Zs coming in, learn the organization, understand the processes, figure out why things happen, give it all you've got, but find yourself in it. Don't lose yourself in it. Find out what you're good at. Find out where you really add value. You know, I stayed in one company for 30 years. People don't do that anymore. Right. You know, it's more a series of even lateral moves and and, uh, and all like that. But it's still finding out where your passion, where your interest is and growing in that area. And I will also say, take some assignments that you don't expect to like, even that you don't expect to do well in because you will learn from it. Um, I have a, I call it the job I love to hate. <laughs> love to hate. That That's awesome. Forever in my mind. And I, I knew I wouldn't do well in it. Once I did it, I don't think I did well in it. Um, the good news I got is I got promoted after it. And the better news is I learned so much from it that I still apply today. Take an assignment that is that you're going to be a little bit of a fish out of water in mm-hmm. because you're going to learn some things in it. The last question I have for you today is the people want to know, when will you do your first TED Talk, Priscilla? Oh, my goodness. That's Ooh. what the people want to know, girl. You know what? I am ready to do a TED Talk uh, anytime I find the opportunity and the TEDx I look forward to taking the stage. We need Tell to man- people to send me the offers. We need to manifest this because you know, yeah. you know, I'm going to be your hype girl, right? That's, gonna- I love it. I love it. <laughs> Tell people to send me the opportunity. Yeah. Awesome, Priscilla. Where can people find you? You can easily find me on my website, PriscillaArcangel.com. You can find me on LinkedIn also. Send me an email, Priscilla at PriscillaArcangel.com. I love it. Go give my girl, Dr. Priscilla Archangel, a follow. Thank you so much for coming on my podcast. You are definitely an inspiration to me. Thank you for sharing your your knowledge, your wisdom, your educational uh, on leadership. Thank you so much, Priscilla. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. All right. I am all about convenience and managing my time effectively. But one thing that I personally use is the Instacart app because it legitimately has all of my favorite local and national retailers at my fingertips. So how it works is that a personal shopper will get all of your groceries, your household essentials, pet supplies, office supplies, whatever you might need. And you can either go pick up the items yourself or you get delivery via Instacart in as fast as two hours. Now, of course, pending where you live in the world, delivery is subject to availability and may not be available in your zip code or postcode. But if you go to my website, tagupwithlt.com, click on the quick links, and there you'll find my affiliate link to download the app, create an account, and get free delivery on your first order over $10.